Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 657 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Rita. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hashitani. We're back, suckas. Woo! Did you miss the us? weirdest delivery of my own name I've ever done. <laughs> um, did you guys all remember to write your What I Did Over the Summer essays? Yes, teacher. <laughs> Who I'll do it on the night. <laughs> yeah, I did it the night before. Well, your summer's not over until the night before. That's right. And then sometimes you even try to skate it in a little bit more. Uh, I was going to yeah. ad lib, do more of an oral report. That's right. Respect. I would do. Uh, I would be lying if I I said that I never actually tried to get, do that when I was in school. <laughs> I don't remember having done it, but I guarantee it happened. I am like the queen of like having a long deadline and then not doing it until right before the deadline. Right. And if you yeah, don't I... give me a deadline, well, good fucking luck. <laughs> then nothing ever gets done. That'll teach you. That'll learn you. Well, what did you guys do on your break? went to my job yeah that's okay. mostly what i did i <laughs> i yep went to work yeah actually worked more during our break than than like other normal times of the year which it's probably counterintuitive to <laughs> taking a break from the show if you're just gonna like fill that time with more work but uh but yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought Cable was just like deep in thought. Oh, did we lose him? We did. Whoa. Maybe he'll come back like, maybe like he I had did to, last time. Maybe he had to run to get his essay. <laughs> well, now I got to shrink this for a minute so your face isn't a fucking PayPal donate icon. 
Maybe my face is a PayPal donate icon. All right. There it is right there. Your I mean, face. Have you, have you ever seen for sure? Do you, do you know? Really? Truly? Look at your It's your face now. Scan Bean's face and make us money. Money, please. <laughs> that's going to look. I don't know if that's more or less weird than if that icon wasn't over my face. I don't know. Uh, it was weird just to watch your arms flapping with a QR code around them. Yeah. Uh, I don't wonder what happened to him. I don't have to resend him the link because it's just up and running. Yeah, he knows how to get here. Yeah. Just give him a minute. I know. He'll come back. Anyway, what'd you do? Um, I mean, I feel like I also worked a lot, but it's going to sound like, like, oh, Aaron said he worked a lot, but he did it at like San Diego Comic-Con. Um, I mean, that's work. It is work. Like everything I did down there, I like I had fun, but it was all work related or work adjacent. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it until Cable gets here so he can chime in and stuff. <laughs> uh, he might need a minute. Ah, okay. We could tell it. Cable, Cable angered the Wi-Fi gods in downtown. I mean, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah. Um. Yeah, San Diego was cool. First of all, it was so much nicer weather. So sorry about that, y'all. Uh, it never got above like 78 degrees where I was. Fuck you. It was it was pretty magical. Even where I was staying, which was like 45 minutes inland in the desert. Even there, their hottest day was like 92. Um, yeah, because even in the inland, that area there, they get some of that gulf. They, they kind of get some of that, coast that coastal breeze. breeze. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that part was, was just lovely. Um, but it's a cool show. Like that's, it's, it's funny. Like you and I both, like we have done our, our fair number of shows, like all three of us. Mm -hmm. And you kind of know how shows go in terms of like, you know, about the people that are going to be there. You just, you know, you, you, we all kind of go into show mode, whether you're a guest or working a table or you're an attendee, there's a certain kind of personality you kind of lock in when you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, you have to like maintain a certain level of energy. Yeah. Talking, just talking on a, like for a prolonged periods of time or for a large portion of any given day is, is tiring because it literally does dehydrate you. Oh yeah. 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 Um, this is like that, what we're used to times like 10. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's huge. Yeah, Emerald City has gotten a lot bigger, better, bigger. I mean, I'm sorry. But like, as a rule, I'm used to shows that are maybe 45,000 people. Mm -hmm. And I do believe San Diego sold 120,000 tickets. <laughs> um, I don't know if that many people were there in a single given day. Um, Saturday inside was packed, absolutely packed. But from people I know who have been doing San Diego for years, they were like, there is so much elbow room on this con floor <laughs> compared to years past. Um, they apparently did not make as many vendor, like large vendor or exhibitor spots as available this year because they widened the walking aisles. They gave more room for people. Smart. Uh, yeah. So I didn't bump into any less people than any other show. You know, you've got like the the waddlers that just kind of do this and they walk in the middle of the aisle really mm. slow, 
you know, and then there's the ones that can't go in a straight line. They only, they only move like bishops on a chessboard. They only move in diagonal motions. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you've always got the intersection stoppers, the ones that are moving with purpose and then just stop uh. Uh, and, and try to figure out where they want to go next. Um, and as always, everyone ha- lacking any form of spatial awareness as to their back. The bigger the backpack, the less you're aware you're wearing a big backpack. Um, so you get smacked a lot. <laughs> by by Saturday, I had gone into I am done being smacked with a bag mode, which, assuming it wasn't a kid or someone that maybe had mobility issues, if it was just some sweaty dude with like five roll up anime poster tubes out of his back pocket, you know, sticking out of his back. Yeah, um, if he spun and hit me, um, I kind of just pushed back and I would spin a couple of them away. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like when the ping pong ball hits the bumper, you know, like normally, you know, and, and I would just spin them and they had that look of like, Whoa, what happened? And I was like, but it me with your backpack. <laughs> um, that actually became a very enjoyable game for me. It became, a very, <laughs> fun, it became a very fun way to pass the time. It was just like, let's spin the con attendee. Um, and well, in fact, in my head, try to raise that, their awareness level, right? That was my intention. Mm. And I love that Cable giggled there because every time <laughs> I did it, I heard Cable's giggle in my head. Because <laughs> I felt like, as like Bean would get it, Cable would really appreciate this, this form of traveling through the con floor. Uh, it sounds like a, a form of traveling through the con floor that Cable has done. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend who calls it the New York walking. It's the, I have a place to be. So I'm not going to be rude, but I am going somewhere. And mm. if you stop in front of me, you will get ran into. You know, yeah. Um, so there was, the, I mean, that was that. That was cool. Um, I actually didn't get to do as much talking as I was hoping. Um, without going into too many details, but if you're at all on Twitter... Uh, you know that there has been drama within the publishing world. Um, so I didn't have a booth to go to or panels. So I was I was on my own kind of thing. Wow. Uh, but uh, I still had a good time. Um, I got to check out a couple of the large experiences, which was pretty cool. The D&D Tavern was legitimately fun. Um. They put a lot of good detail into that tavern. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And they had actors that are, were acting like, you know, PC characters. Uh, one of them was just sitting on the bar quietly writing in their textbook, and they never really interact with anybody. So I stuck up behind them and just kind of leaned over their shoulder to read what they were writing. And they were writing like they were writing like little displays, like bad maps and stuff. Huh. <clears throat> And finally, I think he could tell that I was leaning over his shoulder because he's funny. Look at me and he says, how much did you see? And I leaned in close and I was like, enough to know that you're probably going to die if you do this. (laughs) Then he closed the book and went to another part of the bar. Sorry. So that that was pretty cool. Um, I almost on the last day there, they were taking the uh, that D&D experience down like around probably around two o'clock on Sunday. So all the official 
Paramount people or whatever, they're all gone. It's just the construction crew is like, ah, we got to fucking take down this nerd shit now. Oh my God. And, um, like they left out some of the props were just kind of sitting on the sidewalk. And I was like, should I try and steal part of the D and D tavern? And by part of it, <laughs> the giant dragon shaped and symbol that they just left leaning against the wall with no one looking at it. Literally, if I wasn't flying, I might have gone for it. If I had driven, I'd have been like, fuck it, do it. This will look great on Porchland. <laughs> um, That would have been pretty sweet. It would be pretty sweet. It was pretty good. Um, and that's kind of like the only real big experience I got to do. I got to get into Nadia's. FX had FX had a pretty large experience, but it was all their more popular shows. So like American Horror Story had a little section but they had a small pers- they had a small version of Nadia's Vampire Nightclub. Oh, I would have loved to go to that. That was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. Uh, the rest I didn't get into, uh, mainly because you have to book them like days before the con gets in. The two that I did get into, it was literally because I was apparently charming or lucky enough to just slip in. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I didn't go to a lot of panels because like, again, like you two probably both like experienced this. It's not that any of the panels were bad, like, like they weren't, but as a rule, like panels don't really change no matter what show you're at. It's always, you know, this kind of representation in comics or it's a spotlight on this creator or it's how to mark, how to self market your own comics or how to break in. And I'm like, they all could be great, but they're all kind of the same. Yeah. Which I know I'm sounding like like I, I was like, uh, I'm an old hat at this now. It was just like, I'm not going to, you know, bust my ass to move the three quarters of a mile to get to one panel where I'm like, eh, I know what they're going to talk about. I mean, if it's, a, if it's an artist, uh, a creator, I should say, that is, that I'm, like, I'm, I'm really excited about or like, I'm like, oh, I never, I never want to miss, you know, when they, when this person speaks, I'll do it, even if it's oh, yeah. repetitive, but. Yeah, um, there was a couple I went to, like, they had the, because they kicked off the Milestone initiative with all new creators, and, like, new creators to work on Milestone, so I went to, like, the Milestone retrospective that introduced some of the new people part of the Milestone initiative, and that was cool, you know, that was fun, um, but yeah, that's kind of it, I got to hang out with a couple people that I that I work with to an extent um, that was actually very welcome um, because once I was at the con I was at it the 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 only downside to letting a friend stay at their house is if they live a 45 minute drive away I can't go to my hotel in the middle of the day and take a nap um, hmm. which would have been great so like once I was there I was I was fucking there until it was done mm-hmm. Um but I got to explore San Diego. San Diego is still probably the only city in California I'd ever willingly lived at again. Hmm. San Diego's pretty. It's really nice. And again, it doesn't get that hot. <laughs> That's its biggest advantage. And it has the best tacos in the state. Um, as a rule, San Diego has the best Mexican food in California. Um, Good to know. So, yeah, so there's that. Yeah, and you can tour the Star of India, which is cool. It's an old tall ship. It's pretty fun. Um, I've done that a couple of times, but you know, it's always good times to do that. But, um, I feel like I've been yeah, to San Diego, like the city 
since mm-hmm. I was a child. Yeah, last time I was there was with Jen and I uh, years and years ago, at least 11 years ago was the last time I was there, not counting just this last weekend or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, it was fun. You know, you get to see all the cool toys that you can't ever afford or I can't afford. Cable's losing it because I am ignoring the chat. Otherwise, I will also get disrailed. I'm laughing at Denise. I'm I'm making I'm I'm having reactions because someone's being a little gremlin right now and like if you knock over my new plant and my bones I'm gonna be really upset and I'm in the middle of a thing so that that happens just making right. faces at the cat's activities not even at the yeah. cat because she doesn't give a fuck if I look at her right now right yep uh, honestly I thought you were making faces at your husband which would have been funny. <laughs> Like, can't you see I'm podcasting right now? What are you doing? No, no. As the only other human in the house, he's quite respectful of, you know, like, this this huge swath of the house that's all connected is just mine for the for the duration. Every Tuesday. Right. For the duration. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he holds up in, like, one of the few rooms that has a door on it and uh, just <laughs> does his own thing until I'm done. Or until he falls asleep. That's good. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was that was what I did. I don't know if I I, I I feel bad. I feel like people were hoping for a more exciting report. I I never once attempted to get into Hall H because that's madness. I. So here's the thing with as far as convention stories go, um, and convention reports. It doesn't matter what's going on in Hall Age. Everyone can tune into that and watch trailers. And it's like yeah. that's on YouTube. Um, and any story that you're going to tell in a public forum on a podcast that is recorded and distributed internationally. Yes. Everything is going to sound very tame at, 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 at the middle. Like... It's going to be, I did this, I saw this, this was great, this was great, this could have been better. But overall, it was all great. Mm-hmm. The stories you want to hear, the stories that any listener that wants to hear about any I convention. I can't tell here. You're never <laughs> going to get to hear them on a podcast. No, no. You're never going to get to hear them anywhere where there's fucking recording material. No. Recording equipment. It's not going to happen. No, not uh, not at all. Um, You would... Like, you wouldn't have to get me super drunk to do that, but you would have to get Aaron almost dead drunk. Especially these days. <laughs> to get I feel, him to slip up. Yeah, I feel like maybe even 15 years ago, I was more eager to be like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll say what I want. You know, let God sort him out kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um. Very much not so now. Um, that is not to say that I have less frustrations. I actually have more. <laughs> so many more. Mm-hmm. So, so fucking many more. Um, but with that comes a need that like, nope, can't say a damn thing. Because it's not, it is never as easy as someone is a bad guy or someone is um, a 
the bad actor within a situation, there are multiple people involved Mm -hmm. and people make mistakes. People do things. People make good decisions. People make bad decisions. Some people who are making the decisions affect people who have no control over those decisions. And it is a complicated mess. And taking the time to point out one person for doing shitty things or call you know, just blanket saying, Oh, company X is just awful. It's like, there are things that people can't talk about because of fucking NDAs, dude, that like, yep. What you're yelling about isn't what's going on. It's all the, it's the prestige always. It's all Look yeah, over exactly. there. what yeah. you're complaining about is the goddamn distraction, which means it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I will, I will add that there were some people that I spoke with down in San Diego that are professionals in the industry. Um, who should know better? Uh, and to make light of certain things or to not have a problem talking about stuff that they really do not have the facts on. Uh And I'm not saying in this particular situation, I have all the facts. I can actually tell you that I do not, but I know which things are categorically untrue. And I ran into creators that thought it would be hilarious to either make a joke about it or, had no problem continuing to spread something that they had no way to verify whether it was true or not. Mm-hmm. And I will remember those people. <laughs> um, I also ran into quite a few people that were like, this fucking sucks, man. That's rough. That's a perfectly acceptable response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And if people are, like I said, if people are curious, like if you're anything on comic Twitter or you've even seen me tweet stuff like Caesar the Bruja is still out there and going strong, all of this has to do around like Oni stuff that I, I honestly know nothing about. Like just a person trying to keep the book out there. And that's kind of what Sarah and I are doing. You know, so that 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 is what we're doing. And for all intents and purposes, we are apparently doing it very well. Apparently right. the book is yeah, no, that's good. Like, and apparently, they're like, everyone's very happy with how Season the Bruja is doing, uh, which is um, nice to hear, because hopefully that means we get to do a volume two, which we both really, really want to do. So, it, I would not like this to be a one and done story. So, certainly doesn't feel like it. It was written that way. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, and I Especially say that when... not just as knowing that that's true, but yeah. Like, the book physically does not read that way. No, no. Even with the last issue coming out uh, next week, August 10th, uh, without giving away spoilers. Yeah. How many issues have you picked up, Bean? Look over there. I don't care. I mean, I do, but whatever. It's fine. No, I haven't. I haven't stepped foot in a comic book shop in. Help me. I don't know. No, I, I'm like, I literally, my, 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 my brain froze. Was it, was it February of 2020? <laughs> no, no. I went in at least one more time after that um, to 
clean up my box and say, I don't have a job, so I should not have a box right now. Okay, so there we go, like a year ago. Okay, that's fine. Well, you know a guy who has access to them, so you know you got that. I do, but I, yeah. I, I do want to go buy them. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Norm is talking about how a certain website literally made up the rumor that Henry Cavill was making an appearance. Then they wrote an article that he was there because DC was going to make a surprise announcement about him returning to play Superman. And then when none of that happened, because it was not fucking real, they then wrote up a follow-up about how fans were disappointed and why wasn't Cap... Like, you know what? It's fuck- it was Screen Rant. Screen Rant, you suck. Oh, okay. And also, I'm tired of getting job op- or like job postings of Screen Rant on LinkedIn. I know what they pay, which is basically nothing. And sorry, you're a hack site. There. That one I don't mind burning down. <laughs> I'll go get the gasoline. Yeah. They're like one step above that fucking we got this covered website. Which is the worst out of all of them. At least Screen Rant tries to like look like they got original sources, but whatever. Hmm. Hmm. I get frustrated because Screen Rant used to be a really good film review and interview website and then they got bought by venture capitalists and capitalism do what capitalism do mm-hmm. yeah um yes burn it down um i saw some really cool like uh he-man mega blocks apparently mega blocks are getting a little better now is that that's the other quasi lego company right mega it is uh, a company that is compatible with lego they they make sure that their blocks work with lego yeah. but they are a different quality of plastic yes uh but they're, they, they're probably the number two block company i think it was them then yeah they've teamed up with mattel um so like there's just really cool miniature castle gray skull that on the drawbridge you could yeah, it comes with the, basically their version of their minifigs whatever they call them of a prince adam and a he-man but you attach mm-hmm. them under each other so when you spin the drawbridge of Grayskull, it goes from Adam to He-Man. That's, hmm. cool. That's clever. I like yeah. That. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I had to be careful. I know how easily I could get back into He-Man because the figures that they do now are pretty fucking cool looking, but I'm not. So. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm laughing at Bex's comment. No, Bex, you're not wrong. They are yep. vulture. They are vultures because almost every time you get venture capitalists involved in your company, your company's dead. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, they're gonna kill it. Vulture capitalist, venture capitalist, potato, potato. The exact same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was it. Like in the end, I had a good time. Um, I one thing I'll add to San Diego, and I don't know if it's always this way or if they've really try to become more focused again, having attended and helped put on many a convention. I know how chaotic they will be. They can be. And San Diego felt actually incredibly organized and ran very smooth considering they added extra COVID steps before people could even. So you had, you had to get this wristband and they either proved you had a negative test within 24 hours or you were fully vaccinated. That's great. Uh, yeah, and then that wristband got you access to get your badge. 
your your badge and lanyard, uh, which all have their own RFID chips in them. So there's no swapping of badges. Like you scan to get in, you scan to get out. Um, and that's always going to have some technical glitches, but I, as a rule, it worked pretty well. But once the con had started officially, you couldn't even, if you, people who don't know how the convention is laid out, like there's the street or whatever, San Diego blocks off that entire street. Like there is no traffic there at all. You can't even get past that for even attempting to enter the convention center proper if you do not have that wristband that shows you are COVID compliant. They won't even let you approach the building. Huh. Um, and then in the building, it was masks were 100% mandatory regardless of your vaccination status or test status. It did not matter. And I'd say that at least like 95% of the people like stuck to it. It sounds like uh, from what I saw on Twitter, there was a um, an empty booth across um, from the uh, booth of uh, Friends of the Show Monkey Minion mm-hmm. that was an empty booth that kept getting squatters. Yeah. <laughs> and they were C-list celebrity squatters that always refused to wear masks. Yeah. The other group that I would say that also was the worst at wearing the masks was the private security company that either San Diego or the convention center hired because they're all wannabe cops. This oh, is my right. shocked face. Yep. Yeah. They were the worst at being masked up. Um, yeah, but, well, that was loud of me. But Sorry. Good, on, good on the events organizers for, you know, doing the, yes, the, you know, this and versus either or or none of the above, like a lot of places are doing. They're like, oh, yeah, masks are optional, you, and you no longer have to show proof of vaccination. I'm like. Yeah, Emerald um, City's just throwing so, their arms up and being like, just, fuck it. Because they're read pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was out loud, huh? Well, everyone knows. Everyone knows it's read pop. Every well, but everyone knows how read pop acts too. Read pop will always be money first. Sorry, listeners who work for read pop. You know that's true. <laughs> um hey, that's two places I've kissed off now. Oh well, whatever. Yeah. After you just finished bragging about how good you are at keeping your mouth shut. Well, it's not you know what? All they have to do is be better. There's a difference between um, chiming in on a topic that many people have an opinion about, especially people who work in this particular industry. Um, like there, nothing, nothing negative is going to happen to everyone who's complaining about what this co- convention company is doing or that convention company is doing because they're still going to do those bad things. They're not going to punish anyone for it. They don't care. Um, ultimately, it comes down to. Um, and then there is talking about things that anyone outside of the industry, no one knows it. <laughs> that, right. That's way different. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I oh, know. No, I mean, by all means, I encourage. I, that's right. to, mm-hmm. I encourage everyone. To shit say talk. What's, say what's in your heart. Yes. Uh, I know. I've heard of a few people, or actually, pretty decent mommer that caught COVID. <clears throat> but from what I learned, for the most part, these were people that were doing things that were not in the convention center proper. So, like after both, parties and or even just events that were con. So, 
as I understood it, San Diego's policy, San Diego Commons policy was 100% masked in the convention. But there are many events and panels that are like convention adjacent and they fall under the purview of San Diego Comic-Con. But they happen at like the Marriott and the Hilton, and those mm-hmm. places are per- those places are allowed to set their own masking rules. Right. And gotcha. they were mask optional. Almost everyone I've heard about has had to be like, yeah, I probably got it at this thing at the Hilton or this thing at the Marriott. <clears throat> um, my mask was rarely off when I was indoors. It was to eat or drink or to pose for a quick photo, and then I would put them back on. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, but yeah, that was that was my San Diego trip. It was nice. It was good. Um, when I go again, it would be nice to have friends there with me or people that I could be around. <clears throat> Cons can be oddly lonely when you're on your own. So. You you do travel better in a posse. Yeah, yeah. So yep that that was it. That was my. That was my trip. I ate lots of good tacos, which is also one of my goals when I was down there. Good. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. What are you guys doing? Well, we covered what we did already. <clears throat> That's true. Work. Yep. Hold on. I got it. And then my Wi-Fi went out. <laughs> Well, I mean, we, I guess we should talk about like the really sad, depressing news from yesterday. Um, oh my God, was it yesterday? Sunday. It was Sunday. 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 Okay. Um, the 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 world lost Michelle Nichols. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where like you can't be shocked, and I don't mean that to sound blasé, but you you get to a certain age, and you know. Anyway, not to say that like I wasn't upset or hurt by it, but she was eighty nine years old and had ailing health. Yeah, like, um, this. Yeah, it, I don't think it came as a surprise to anybody. No, right. Uh, that um, doesn't make it easier to process. Right. In in, <clears throat> in in the moment. Yeah, and it just becomes a nature of you grow up with these people, and. That's just the nature of what that is. You're going to lose the people that, you know, you looked up to or were an inspiration to you because that's just, that's just life. Like, that's just how that goes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. But that still didn't make it any, like, less of a bummer. Um, but, like, I mean, every place has probably said it better. Like, her impact was so much more than just being Uhura on that screen. And if it was, that was huge. I remember when I first learned that she had been recruited by NASA to do recruitment. Like that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, she's one of the reasons that Mae Jemison wanted to get into NASA, mm-hmm. you know, um, bunch like, you know, she's why Whoopi Goldberg thought she could be more that she could become an actress and a comedian, like all of these like people, that didn't think their future was going to be allowed in America felt differently because they saw Nichelle Nichols in a place of, in a place of power on that bridge. Uh Um, 
you know, it may not have even, it, it may not have been that overt to a lot of people, but it, I mean, she was, she was technically fourth in command, I think. Yes. Kind of thing, fourth, you know. fourth in command, <laughs> um, which is a, it, it's, it connotes equity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for all the issues that I have and had, you know, with Roddenberry, he fought to put her on that show. Like, they, the studio did not want her. Well, CBS didn't want her. Desilu was totally fine with it. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were fine. Yeah, it was the network that didn't want to put it yeah. on. Um, you know, she was always there for civil rights issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was able, whenever there was a Writers Guild or an Actors Guild strike, she was right there like in the picket lines with them, you know, when she really didn't have to be, but she was, you know, she was George's lady of honor at his wedding as, as he called it. Oh, I didn't know that. He did this really beautiful write up about how she had been there in so many like big moments of his life. And he asked Walter Koenig to be the um, man. What is it? The man of honor. What do they call that? Best man. Best man. And they asked Nichelle to be uh, the the matron of honor, the maid. And she's like, I have no matron. I have no maid. I will be the lady of honor or best lady. And they're like, oh, all right. That's best lady. Um, so that's what they listed her as. Like on their wedding, it's listed her as best lady. You know, Walter is best man. She is best lady. That's what she wanted. Nice. <clears throat> that's reminiscent of her line of sorry, neither. Right. <laughs> I had no idea that was ad-libbed. From what I have read, where, yeah, and that Susie's like, N- "Fear not, fair damsel." Sorry, neither. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was apparently an ad lib. <laughs> Good for her. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, Nor mentioned he's happy that Celia Rose Gooding is taking is is doing the role justice, um, which they are. I think she's, I think she's been a great, uh, Uhura. Yeah. I mean, that cast is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like I, I saw some folks like, I don't know. Um, yeah. Her impact is, is this massive and it's, uh, we're just coming to that reality that eventually like all these people that inspired me to do what I do now are going to are going to pass. And yeah. just, you just I just got to get ready for it, you know, more and more and more. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that there's really a way to get ready. It's so, you know, it's always going to be hard. Yeah. And I guess I just don't I don't think about their impact on me until after they're gone. And then it's like, oh, shit, you know. Um. I I would posit that it's it's more important that you are absorbing the the impact that they are having on you and and doing something with that that inspiration than it is to you know reminisce about it before the fact. No, no, I get what you mean. And I'm not, that sounds weird, but no, I get it. And I'm not trying to make this all about me anyway at all. That's not what I mean by that. But I mean, I guess the thing I keep thinking is that. You know, these 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 performers through themselves, through their characters, um, 
you know, were like a source of you know, entertainment, but also like inspiration right. and, and hope. And the best and, way to honor you, them is to use that. Is you use that, and then you continue their good work. Like that's that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's. That's it. I wish um, I, that was very well said. Thanks. Thanks. I don't. Um, I never know how to publicly talk about anyone's passing without getting into my weird takes on death. So, <laughs> um, I do know that. Nichelle's passing is I don't have the words for it because I still haven't found the words like it sorry Nichelle is forever linked to me to Dana I was thinking that yesterday actually and I've I know that I have still never processed that right and it's that was 2019. Yeah, I I remember having a thought the the day I read about Michelle Nichols, and it felt weird to have this thought that oddly felt kind of comforting, in that I still mourn and miss Dana, but a part of me was like, she's never going to have to experience the day I know she was dreading because she had told us all. She's like, I don't know how I'm going to process and survive when that day comes. You know? And it was a weird to think like, okay, she was spared not having to have the worst day of her life. A lot of terrible things that she never had to experience. Yeah. uh, Yes. But it was, it was an odd sense of comfort for me to think that, you know, I follow your logic on that. Yeah. It's it's not an uncommon reaction at all. So I don't think that's I, I don't think it's weird and I don't think it's inappropriate or anything like that. It's it's a it's a it's it's a bomb. It is a it's a bomb that a lot of people I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say rely on because that's not what I want to put across. Um but you know what I mean. It's it's something that, that helps a little bit in the moment. Yeah. And in the end, I will do what I always do when I feel like I need to honor or think of Dana. I will eat a raw oyster, have shitty whiskey, and listen to loud-ass punk rock music. Like, that's kind of the best thing you can do. You know, the things that she loved. That and biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Those were her jams. Um, should we take a quick break? I don't know what we're going to do after this. This seems like a good place to take a break. All right. Uh, la, la, la. I got to remember how I did this. All right. Yeah. This is a good spot for us to talk about our sponsors. First up, our longest sponsor of all time, Guardian Games. We adore Guardian Games because, well, we're big gamer nerds, and that is the store for people like us. Check them out at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are back to their regular hours, um, although masking indoors is highly recommended um, because, you know, you don't want to get your fellow gaming nerd or, you know, human sick and protect yourself. 
However, uh, they are, you know, in-store gaming is back. They, uh, they have brought back sealed, uh, Magic the Gathering sealed Saturday tournaments. So if you missed doing that, that has come back, of course. Uh, they have wonderful air conditioning, so you can actually game in the store and stay cool. And right now, they are highlighting a lot of their kind of like quick-and-go games, especially this time of year. A lot of us are getting out, you know, maybe going camping or whether it's, you know, the Oregon coast or, you know, eastern Oregon. Or maybe you're just doing like backyard camping in your yard. You just want to be somewhere else other than your house and you want a quick game that doesn't take a massive board set up and doesn't take, you know, like a whole weekend to play. You know, I'm looking at you, Arkham Horror. I love you, but come on, son. There are a ton of, like, grab-and-go games that are, you know, one to five players, super quick, super easy. I'm looking at a few of them. Like, they have Sushi Go. Uh, Sushi Go is played regularly on this, my very porch. Good times are had. So you have options. As soon as you walk into Guardian Games, it is uh, right up front there. You can see the new quick play games that uh, that they have. Yeah. How many times can I say games? Well, one more. Guardian Games. Check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, please tell them for being... Please thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. It means a lot and it goes a long way. And then... Before we get back to the show, we want to thank Rev Nats of Reverend Nats Hard Cider. He has provided us with the tech to continue to do this show remotely for going on two years now, though that will be changing soon. Uh, we are still incredibly grateful for the equipment he has provided us, or Rev Nats has provided us, as well as the delicious adult beverages that has made this pandemic and now incredibly hot summer a little more bearable so uh, check them out they are still doing free home delivery at shop.revnats.com or find them in every well-established grocery store and yeah check them out and if you ever see him online or whatever say hey man thanks for sponsoring geek in the city radio which we're going to get back to right now welcome back Our false break, as it were. Although I don't know what we had planned after this. Uh, um, I need to catch up on Avatar I, again. So. I know he had three things. Well, you're not. Yeah, you're. Uh, we're not. Avatar. We we'll get back to when we can fit it back into the schedule. I think that there's like we have plans. We had plans beforehand that. Uh, like I know, I know we are literally two days into august but october is going to be right around the corner mm-hmm. which means uh hitting up the hp lovecraft film fest um we had so much fun at the portland horror film fest uh, at the beginning of july oh my god we had so much fun that was that was a great weekend yeah it was incredible um and the work that both Gwen and Brian put into that, as well as all of the work that all of the filmmakers put into it and all of the volunteers. Um, and knowing that going into Lovecraft season and Halloween season, I, I know that we want to get a jump on that and bring people on September to talk about what they're doing. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I think yeah, we have, I, we'll figure out when to put, um, Avatar, Avatar. Back on schedule. Yeah. Um, I know Rev Nat wants to pop on again this month because A, I've got another cider coming out with him, and B, the Lord of the Rings show is kicking off. So he is 
He's getting, twitchy, he's getting twitchy, y'all. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally excited about at least one of those things. <laughs> Spoilers, it's the cider. <laughs> um, oh my God, is it too late to try to figure out some sort of viewing party thing with Nat? For like at least the first episode? Wait, do you think they're going to drop all at the same time or is it going to be a weekly? I don't know. Um, Let's not discuss logistics right now. If they're, if they're smart, it'll be a weekly. Um, like later this month, we're going to have uh, B. Dave Walters on. He's fully confirmed. Oh yes, that's yeah. right. That's in that's a couple weeks. That's two weeks. Yeah, yeah, the sixteenth, I think. Yep. Um, and he will likely have tales of Gen Con, which is happening this weekend. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's a show I still want to go to one day. Um, I would like to experience Gen Con. You know. I, I feel like Gen Con is like Dragon Con light in terms See, of nerd debauchery. Here's the thing with, uh, like, you know how everyone talks about time travel and what they would do with time travel? I realized that the thing that I wanted, uh, that, that I really wanted a TARDIS for was so that I could just go to every Dragon Con. Okay. One right after the other. Just just to bounce and go. Yep. I can show okay. up, sleep in the TARDIS, oh. get out, <laughs> you know, do do Dragon Con, get back in, jump right. to the next one. <laughs> right, right. Because then you can get as much rest as you need in between without losing time. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind going back to Dragon Con again. It's been a while. So I, it would be kind of cool to check it out again. I, I I honestly feel that like while I would like to, I think at this point I will be disappointed. Um, what do you think we're aging out of getting the full Dragon Con experience? I have aged out of a lot of things, <laughs> um, um, and I am actively trying to keep in mind that I need to. Offer insight when it's asked for, but otherwise just stay out of the kids' way because they need to figure this shit out. You can still have fun. Yes, I can, but I can't have fun like I did when I was 30 or 20. I think think that's what I meant when I said, have we aged out of Dragon Con? My my ability to go full tilt for 20 hours a day for four days straight, those days are gone. I can't do that. I I don't know. Like I do think that I could do it, um, and then I would sleep for a week. I could yeah. do two, maybe three days of that, but yeah, uh, but not a whole week anymore. Yeah, like I I could probably do two or three. You're right. Yeah. Like I could never do I could never do Burning Man at this point. Like oh, hell no, that's I a young you man's game, never, and also well, that's a white man's game, also. <laughs> Also that. Also, a rich white man's game. I'm sorry. Just, uh, I saw this on Twitter. Someone, it's like, I think it was someone with a background in epi- epidemiology. It's like, I'm just going to call it now. This year's Burning Man is also the monkeypox super spreader event that we're all fearing. Mm. We're already dropping the ball on that. Do not. Yes. And I, since we have a platform and people listen, I want to get this out because this piece of misinformation needs to die and die now. Mm. Monkeypox is not in any way, shape or form a gay disease. 
Nope. It's not. If you were a straight, white, heterosexual woman from the Midwest, you can get monkeypox. Regardless of what your doctor tells you. The only uh, example of someone having monkeypox that I've seen was a white woman from the Midwest. Because they're doctors don't know what it is. And when they do know what it is, they've been telling people, it's like, no, it's fine. You're not LGBTQ. You don't have anything to worry about. It's only, be, it's essentially, it is replaced AIDS as the, it's a gay disease. Stop yeah. that. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be pretty important to like really advocate for yourself if your doctor is dismissive of it. And, but you're, you suspect that it is because there are a lot of cases where, well, it doesn't look like what the CDC described and that's why doctors are dismissing it Yep, because it doesn't look like the, the, the main example. And like we've seen from, we've seen from COVID that like things change and present differently all the time. Right. Yep. Yeah. So please wash your hands. It's transferred on services. Don't just try and close at the at the store. But, yeah, I, that, that hadn't even occurred to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, I had read that trying on clothes is not necessarily like off the rack kind of stuff. I thought it was skin I, to skin, but I, I don't remember for sure. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm look. I'm a wash your hands yeah. anyway. Yep. Yeah, don't be gross. Yep. That's a big part of it. Like in the in the early days of uh the COVID pandemic. Oh god, we have to specify which pandemic now. Um any bets on what the one next year is gonna be? Anyway. Um Oh, I do. Er- because we're already getting it. Oh, what is because it? Because of the parents that refuse to vax their kids, guess what's coming back? Measles. Polio. Polio, holy fuck. Yep, there are yep, there are new cases of polio. Jonas Salk is gonna come back from the dead and beat someone silly. Uh that someone should be Jenny McCarthy. Oh, she hasn't she hasn't been around in a long time. Is she still- yeah, but who was the guess who was the yeah, but she was the public face of don't make and, me vax my kids. Yes, she was. Yeah. She's the reason that uh, that entire report got any traction that has yeah. been disproven time and time and time and time again. Yes. But yeah, anyway, um, it's polio. But yeah, uh, what I was going to say is in the early days, um, I kept a uh, can of Lysol or just spray disinfectant near the door. So I would just spray down my shoes. Apparently that's a good practice. Um, for uh, monkeypox. Okay, I mean, because it apparently lives long on surfaces. So, right. Hmm. I mean, I'm not well, a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I don't like all my shoes, but I trust me. My almost all of my cleaning agents are a 10% bleach solution, and yeah, I, I have always good. been this way, even yep. before COVID. That is. Mm-hmm. Unless it is a surface that is not supposed to have bleach, that's what I use. And you I always keep have. a tidy house. I try. I do my best. Um, so, yeah. 
This is all true. Um, now I'm thinking of that. I know I sent uh, Denise and Ida this stupid TikTok thing about the guy who's talking about how he's like, I believe in science. It was, he was like, I believe in science. I believe in the science. But if you notice how we're all starting to treat COVID like four loco now in that you can still get it, but it doesn't do what it used to do. Yeah. <laughs> that made me chuckle as all as you know, it's pretty good. I had coworkers talking about that. They're like, yeah, it was bad and got this, but you know, it wasn't this. I'm like, are you missing the point that two years ago, this conversation would have not occurred because you both have died. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I um, don't, it, it, like it will eventually become like a flu because a, a virus, a virus does not survive if it kills 100% of its hosts. And a mm-hmm. virus is just like us. It is genetically designed to keep living. You know, uh, Normich, there is a monkeypox vax, isn't there? Or there's something similar to it? Or they're closed? What I, what I had heard is that you could use the smallpox vaccine because it is very similar uh, mm. in, in in terms of treatment. However, the stores of smallpox vaccine that the U.S. had are almost all expired. So we have to source it now from a different country. We also stopped vaccinating people for smallpox. Because it was like a basically eradicated thing, wasn't it? Yes. But Unless the, you go to certain parts of the world. <laughs> proponent or opponents of that were trying to say if you eliminate doing this we're going to have something else take its place right hmm. that's where we are now um there oh i wonder if how long is a smallpox vaccine good for um the three of us noted physicians and viral experts. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, Zach uh, in the chat. He's like, hey, that, there's that Iraq trip paying off for us. We, we, we would get smallpox vaccines before going over to Iraq, but mm-hmm. I can't remember if I had to get one both times or just the first time. And then you're good for, you know, for how long? Well, all right, man. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, the, it's currently not being widely distributed by the, the government. It's not just that they don't have any. Oh, Bex has all of the information that oh, I'm about excellent. to say. There, there we go. Yeah. I am not surprised that Bex knows is on top of this. Yes. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yep. Um, yeah. For the the listeners who are not in the chat, the answer is there are two vaccines. One is a single shot. One is a double shot. But uh, they aren't ready available right now. And uh, Bex is unable to inform us as to why. Thanks, Bex. Or or when. (laughs) Because they're not. Which gets back to my original point. That's because they're going, oh, it's it's a gay disease. It's like, oh, good. I know. It's not whatever. Yeah, I know. It, uh... <sighs> so if if and this proves anything, it's that people should 
read some articles and mm-hmm. read things that are peer reviewed. Right. And read beyond like the headline and then the byline under it, please. Yep. And so, also eh, figure out where where your media sources are getting their money. Also that. That's a big, big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's other geek news, but it's incredibly frustrating as well. Which uh, one? Uh, the one where Warner Brothers is shelving Batgirl. Oh, oh, the irredeemable. No, Batgirl? that's another movie. Oh, I why? Why are they shelving it? Did they say? The story going around is that it was not for quality reasons. It is that the new people who run Warner Brothers now, which is Discovery, um, they feel that DC movies need to be giant theatrical events. And they are basically killing every HBO Max DC movie planned. Also probably killing every HBO Max DC series, which means the likelihood of you seeing Titans or Doom Patrol or any of those shows coming back another season are probably very, very slim. No, I heard a report today that said that they they, they screen tested Batgirl and it did so poorly that they're just like, well, I guess we're just going to cut our losses. But that wouldn't make any sense because it's not theatrical. So it's not like they're putting money into the theaters. Hmm. I mean, they're just, it was an HBO Max movie. So it's like, who cares if it's so bad? There are still people that are going to watch it, and it literally costs nothing to flip the switch and put it on there. Um, this makes and it yet sound are, like neither one of these stories are true, and something else is going on. <laughs> I, with this kind of stuff, I now just always assume it's whenever new bosses take over, they have to throw their their metaphoric dick on everything to make it sure. theirs, and probably also their literal one. Yeah, that's just what I assume. And yet, for some reason, Warner Brothers is still, for some reason, is still going to try to fucking air the Ezra Miller Flash movie. Why? I don't know, because they just love the punishment. I, I. I... Just fucking scrap it and move Grant Gustin over. Yeah. (laughs) Especially since the Flash is ending after this after season nine, they haven't said that too. And I read like, oh no, they're canceling the Flash. I'm like, y'all get nine seasons of that show. That's a good run. That was unintentional. It's a good run. Yeah, that's good. That was good. Didn't mean to do that one. He's the Flash, right? Damn. Walk right into that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, and as uh Sack mentioned, uh Sony released Morbius twice. Well, that's because they're stupid. I... And don't understand how the internet works. They don't understand memes. No. Also, how do they Jared probably pronounce it, it memes? <laughs> it's it's Morbin time. Um also like speaking of that, how the hell does Jared Leto keep getting work? I don't fucking know. He's apparently trash to work with, mm-hmm. of not a good human. And when's the last Jarrett Leto movie that actually did well? I, like, I don't get. I'm only angry about this because he's allegedly going to be cast as the Hatbox Ghost in the Haunted Mansion movie, and I am very upset at this. Allegedly, 
I have a hard time knowing if that's true or if it is something that they've someone dreamed up to help go. How do we figure out whether or not people really want to watch a haunted mansion movie? Tell them, tell them we we're going to cast someone that no one likes and see what they say and see. I think the haunted mansion movie is an actual go though. Like it's in production. True. But what's the fastest way to get more hype for it and find out like if you're an executive, I would leak this. It's like leak. Like tell them we're hiring. Tell them we're looking at Jared Leto for it. It's like, why would we do that? We wouldn't just give it to, you know, leak it to whoever you leak things to in Hollywood. I don't know. Right. All right. I get that. Um, It's a bad idea. Uh, the casting that did come out with it, it is a good idea, is they cast Jamie Lee Curtis to play Madame Leota. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Do I'm it. down for that. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, don't cast Jared Leto in anything anymore. He's not a good person. No. You know, he sent used condoms to Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. To show that his Joker is edgy. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, no, he is he is one hundred percent awful. I'm sorry. Yeah. That seems like the sort of thing that someone would get arrested for as a sex offense. And yet, and yet, you can do it if you say that I'm a method actor. It's like that's yeah. that's not what method is. Um. Oh, do we yeah, want also to uh, also like uh the person who really didn't find it funny was Viola Davis's husband. And they apparently had to make sure that Jared Leto was nowhere around him whenever he was visiting his wife on set. <laughs> and allegedly, she would have been totally fine with him doing whatever to Jared Leto. So I'd have been of there. Course. That. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nerd stuff. What else uh, we got? There's the question of, uh, do we have thoughts about the Wakanda Forever trailer? I think it looks cool. I think it looks super fun. Um, I like that they are turning into the fact that they are not ignoring that Chadwick Boseman has has died. Mm -hmm. Like The movie is clearly going to be about mourning, mourning and sorrow and moving on beyond that. And how do you do that? Yep. Um, I don't know how they're going to explain how. He's passed away in the movie. Um, judging by how um, his mom looks, uh, I'm guessing it's maybe not like a simple he had a health issue. Because uh, Angela Bassett as Ramonda looks fucking furious in a lot of her scenes. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm jazzed for it. I think it looks great. Um I'm curious to see who's in the suit in that final shot in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that we're going to get Ironheart, which is cool. Me too. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that. Um, I actually hope it's Angela Bassett in the soup, suit. I know a lot of people are thinking it's going to be uh, Shuri, you know, but I don't know. I like the idea of it being Angela Bassett, of the queen putting on the suit for a while. I would... 
I would take any of the four women leads. Yeah. In that suit. Yeah. The the characters of the queen, Shuri, uh, Nakia, or um, General Okoye. Mm-hmm. Any one of them. I'd be 100% five. If you've got, if it's someone else entirely, also fine. I feel like it makes the most sense to, to give it to Shuri. Um, just for like longevity's sake, but mm-hmm. it would be coolest to give it to Angela Bassett, especially because you mm-hmm. said like she obviously has a lot of of rage uh, just in this trailer alone. Um, and why not bring in an older black female superhero? We haven't really yeah. had that yet. No, and it's not to say that she has to keep it for the whole thing. No, you know, no, it could Black just be... Panther is handed down to that who is needed, you know, the person who mm-hmm. is best suited for it at the time. Yeah. Um, I saw, as always, like some reports of people hoping it's, they don't want it to be sure because they don't feel like we've seen her trained as any kind of like fighter that could adequately wear the suit. And I'm like, really? Like, that's your reason? You're fine with the magical purple flower that imbues you with, imbues you with the power of Bast? That... That makes sense, but just because you've never seen Shuri do fight training, do, do a spin kick, you don't think that she could wear the suit? And like, okay, it, that, and she has fought, hasn't she? She fought that, in she fought in Black Panther, and she fought in Avengers Endgame. It's the reason that any of those arguments feel immediately like, like you said words, but all I heard was, "I don't like her because she's a girl." Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, Norm said, oh, I hope I'm so tired of the flimsy excuses. Um, what was that, Bean? Sorry, I'm just like, I'm so tired of flimsy excuses for why do you, you want, don't want, do you want better ones. You want better excuses, or do no, you just... want them to stop having excuses and own up to what it is they're actually mad about so yes. that they can address it? Yes, that, okay. yeah, that the latter. Um, Norm, you said, I hope Namor isn't the one who kills him. I don't think so. I think the movie's going to open with him already, already. passed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it, like, it feels like they're already memorial. Yeah, paintings. like there's a mural of of uh, uh, T'Challa. Yeah, and I, I uh, think it's it's probably better for for the character to have an off screen death mm-hmm. rather than like I don't know. I'm not always a, I'm 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 not crazy about the deep fakes sometimes. And I'm sure that there's enough archival footage and enough technology to, you know, like insert some sort of a scene, but it's, it's not necessary. I think it's more respectful and it can be much more um what's the word? It's just better if you don't. Yeah, yeah it's that's it. That. It's just it's just better. That that's the thing that just needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm excited about the this new take on Namor. Um, yeah. So tell me about Namor, guys. I don't know nothing about Namor. Uh, he is the ruler of Marvel's Atlantis, much like mm-hmm. Aquaman in DC. Um, gotcha. So in he predates like, Marvel. Yeah, he does predate Marvel. He's up there with the original Human Torch. Um, when they were what timely comics, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he's been kind of also retconned into being one of the first mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he rules, he rules all the oceans, um, and acts like it. 
like you know how you hear people like why is this person so arrogant they have no they haven't earned it what makes you think that they're so good like well, you're Namor the has. of an ancient like, civilization. Yeah, Namor rules 75% of the ocean. So when he says he's a big deal, he's not just feeding you a line. He's a big fucking deal, and he acts like it. Um, and in so the comics... Is he, but is he like a dick about it? Uh, he's just very sure of himself. Okay. He's not a dick. And also, when you first meet him, he's kind of thought of as a villain, mainly because he's like, you fucking land dwellers have been dumping on my people, literally, for centuries now, and I'm done. I'm done with it. Um, so it's war. That's kind of his attitude. Like you have literally dropped your garbage on us for too long. Um, that feels pretty reasonable. I, yeah, I feel and, that Namor. Go ahead. Sorry. Namor was labeled a villain the way that Magneto has been labeled a villain for years. In that, yeah, they were villains in the 1960s. In 2020. These these people are not villains. The same way, like Pamela Isley has gone from, oh, she's a super villain. She's a femme fatale. She does this too. She's been trying to save the planet for decades. Why is she a super villain? The, yeah. the people that she targets are corrupt corporations that actively poison the planet. Why is she the super villain? Yeah. <laughs> um. um. Namor's other thing is he's also like very charming. Mm-hmm. And that is also something that he knows. He knows he's very charming. Um he's been written by various writers in various different ways and has become intertwined in the Marvel universe in a very specific way. So when he first arrived, he was an enemy of the, the human torch and the human torch was not Johnny storm and not part of the fantastic four. Right. He was an Android. Mm-hmm. He was an Android that was created that could that burst into flame. Yeah. When exposed to oxygen. And he was the, like he was a hero in New York. Namor attacked the surface world. They fought. Then world war two started and they went, I don't like you, but those are Nazis. And Namor kind of went, all right, truce. Let's go beat up Nazis. And Namor became a hero that helped beat up Nazis. And then in the 50s, he became a villain again and was trying to take over the surface world for punishing them. And then the Fantastic Four happened. And he became a romantic foil to Reed Richards because Sue Storm was totally into him. (laughs) Yeah, something that you will see if you read a lot of comics that have Namor in it, especially within the last, I'd say, 20 years, almost every single person who writes Namor knows that Namor fucks and has no problem letting you know about it. He's not braggy about it, but like he's like, he is imperious Rex, but he's also like very respectful about it. There's, I, there was one of the issues where he talks about, like, they're in the middle of a fight, and he talks about this person he is seeing that she is a, she is an independent person who is free to do as she wishes, and that he is honored that she has chosen him, or something like that, but in a quieter bubble, he's like, and I am perfectly fine with just her and I, and then he gets really quiet and says, however, sometimes she likes to bring friends, and I will enjoy that decision as well. <laughs> 
Um, there's an issue where like he he basically brokers a deal with another underwater race that looked like a competition between like a lobster and a squid. Mm-hmm. And after the agreement, like this this queen has like fallen for Namor because just that's how Namor do. And like they have this kiss between this humanoid looking person, which is Namor, and this lobster squid looking thing that does not have any kind of humanoid features at all. And when she's when he's done, I forgot what Marvel character was. They were like, Did you actually kiss her? Like why? And he's like, Your feeble ape brain cannot perceive beauty beyond your own ignorant standards. She is a powerful queen of a noble empire and is deserving of your respect and my love. And I will not hear about it. Like that's like, and then the, I think the character was like, you have some slime on your lips. And he goes, thank you. You know, <laughs> yeah. modern, modern writers have taken a more, um, he's not a hero. He is not a villain. He is a ruler of everything that, anything that's not above water. He rules. And therefore, he operates on a completely different level. Um, Hickman put him in the Illuminati. Yeah. So, like, he sat at the same table with T'Challa and Strange and Tony and Reed Richards. (laughs) And uh, Black Bolt. Yep. And and, uh, Xavier. Yeah. Like and they brought up the fact it's like is anyone else going to address the the thing in the room which is that Namor's been after Reed's wife and <laughs> this whole time and Reed just Reed Richards is the guy that Doctor Doom always wants to be which is why Doctor Doom is so mad at Reed Richards all the time mm-hmm. what Reed Richards is to Doctor Doom Namor is to Reed Richards. <laughs> And that says a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, he, he, yeah. And they did about 20 years ago, made him a mutant. Yeah. And that was always weird, but I, I think it's the, the fact that he has wings on his feet that allow him to fly. That is his mutation. Yeah. So he is technically also an X-Man. He was right. involved in, the return of the Phoenix Force when they split it between five different people. They split That's it between the um, Colossus and Magic. Right. Um, Emma Frost, Namor, and Scott Summers. Yeah. That went about as well as you think it would. <laughs> yes, because after that, Namor flooded Wakanda. Mm hmm. For, and they for went reasons. to war. Like, and they went to war. And not like made it uncomfortable. He flooded the country. And then had no problem like telling T'Challa, like, just by the way. Get bent. And also, like, the people that are still alive in your country, they're only alive because I will it. I will drown them all if you get up in my face again. Um, Namor is very much a ruler that will protect his people by any means necessary. Like, that's his thing. Leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. But you started a fight in my backyard, so I will burn you down. Or I will flood you, more likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair. And, you know, now he's Mayan. Just fucking righteous. <laughs> Which I'm 100% here for. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to do this. This is fantastic. Done. Yeah. Um, I also want the Lego set. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, like initially, like I was kind of annoyed. I was like, "Oh man, we finally get like that Mesoamerican culture into the MCU, and they're the invading empire, and they're the villains." But I, you know, I got over that pretty quickly because a, it looks amazing, and I don't think that's going to be the whole story. I think this is also how we get Doctor Doom. I think Doom instigates the war between Wakanda and Atlantis. I also had that thought. Uh, that sounds like Doom. I didn't know enough about the characters to. Or the you know the the lore to, yeah. to really like have strong feelings about it. I never noticed that before. Sorry, I'm looking at. I saw that too. Evans. God damn it! I mean, he's not wrong. And knowing Hickman, that was probably intentional. He yeah, loved, probably. Like <laughs> it's gonna spill penis. The, the penis five. Um, but yeah, that was I, when I first saw the trailer, like it was that feeling of like, oh, really? But I, you know, I kind of worked it out in my own head. I did a little post about it where I was like, I don't want to argue with people. This is just the thoughts. I'm not saying that's how it's going to go. Um, but that is the impression that they gave. That's the impression they gave. Um, but still like he, they look amazing. Those underwater scenes look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we're getting Namorita. Um, yeah, we're getting. What's kind of interesting is that the the three primary Atlanteans that we're going to see in this movie are all performers that were meant to be in a movie about the the rise and fall of the Aztec Empire, right? Right as the Spanish arrived, and like. Mm-hmm. Actually, film it isn't like it, they did not lose because the Spanish were so much better trained and had better firearms. That's not actually why the Aztec Empire fell to the Spaniards. There's a lot of other political reasons, and the Aztecs smaller civilizations around them, and the Spaniards learned to exploit that. There's a lot of reasons. Apparently, that movie got really deep into pre-production, and then the whole thing was canned. Oh so no! There's some folks talking about like it's kind of cool that these actors that we were gonna see play these traditional historical roles get to play MCU versions of them now, basically. You know, interesting. So like, right, that's cool. Uh, the actor playing Namor just looks righteous too. Uh, is it pronounced Tenok? Yeah, Tenok. Tenok Huerta. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then. Uh, it's not Namorita, it's Nemora. Nemora. Why did I say Nemorita? I was going to say, because, because Namor there is, and Namorita. Because there is a Namorita. There is a Namorita, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. But Nemora is not Namorita. Nemora right. is a completely different character. With Nemora is the one that was in Agents of Atlas, which puts us closer to getting Agents of Atlas. I know. She was also a new warrior, but yeah. Um, but Namora is uh, Mabel Kadina, and then there's Atuma, played by Alex Livinali. So I think those are the three actors that you were talking about. Yeah. Um... I forget who Atuma is. I know he's like a general or something in Atlantis. There's somebody else, too, um, and I saw her in the really amazing the 2020 film uh, La Llorona mm. uh, oh this is not that movie um, wasn't no it wasn't 20 I think it was 2020 2019 sorry I'm jumping around here that's right uh, 
Yeah, Maria Mercedes Corroy. I think she's in this movie too, and I don't remember in what capacity. Princess Fen. Oh, did you find her? Yeah. Oh, okay. As soon as you said the the name, it's like, oh, yeah, oh. there it is right there. Okay. She's playing yeah. Princess Fen. Uh, so if you have not seen the movie she did in 2019, just it's just called Ayarona. You really have to watch it. Um, it it has to do with the the Guatemalan genocide that took place against most of the indigenous Maya that still live there and about this general that tried to have a, it. If you can find it, watch it. It's very well made. It's it's a fantastic An aging movie. paranoid war criminal protected by his faithful wife faces death while being haunted by the ghosts of his past. This sounds intense. It's good. It's yes, that is a very kind way to put it. It is intense. Uh, watch it on a strong day. That's what I'm going to say. Hmm. Which I feel like should be a no-brainer when it's also connected to something what I just said, the Mayan genocide in Guatemala. So it's not like it's light sure. watching. Do not watch Curse of La Llorona, which is a trash film. No. Nope. It's I'm, just nope. dog shit. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wakanda well, Forever looks, looks dope. And it comes out in November, which I forgot. Like, it's soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's really soon. So, it's cool. Um, I think the other trailer that I probably really loved that I saw bits of was the Quantum Mania one. If only for this great line that Kang has, <laughs> where Scott Summers, Scott Summers, geez, Ant Man, um, says basically has the line of like, "You've never faced. I'm an Avenger. You've never faced an Avenger before." And Kang looks at the camera and says, oh, you're an Avenger. I'm not sure if I've killed you yet. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nice. Oof. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's it. Oof. Yeah. Uh, what else do you guys got? I'm looking forward to the return of Lower Decks in a couple weeks. Yes. With the appearance of DS9. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> just keep um, circling. Mm-hmm. Just keep circling. I want to know how Strange New Worlds will cross over with Lower Decks, because that's I happening. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually I, have. I can only assume that they're going to, that, that the Strange New Worlds cast is going to get animated versions I mean, of themselves. Here's I, the confusing part is it's an actual crossover. So right. it's both. Mm. Yeah. Well, in that case, I'm 100% hoping for uh Roger Rabbit style. I I'll take it. I don't, I, yeah, know, I don't know how, how they're going to do it. it. And also they're 120 years apart. No, more than that, right? Yes, they're more than They're like almost 180 years apart. Oh, well, they mess with that all the time. That's yeah, easy. Because Lower oh, Decks takes place post-Voyager, pre-Picard. Right. And Strange New Worlds is pre-TOS. Yeah. Yeah. This is the five-year mission before Kirk's five-year mission. So, allegedly. They could mm-hmm. they could fud with that, too, if they wanted to. But, yeah. Well, no. Pike has an actual timeline. He knows in nine years he has the mm-hmm. accident so mm-hmm. 
anyway, I'm excited. Like all the Trek stuff has me pumped. I'm I'm all here for it. Yeah. Um, well, that should be a good place to wrap it up. You think? I think so. Yeah. Oh, Norm, Norm says that they did announce that one episode will be animated and will be one will be live action. I. You know what would be great though is if the. Uh, the Strange New Worlds episode was the animated one, and then the Lower Decks was the live action. <laughs> I, I, would, I would pay real money for that. Yeah. The voice actors all kind of, to an extent, look like they're animated versions, except for one Close or two. enough. Like, clearly, she does, there's no cat, and the, and the mm. Ferengi security guy is not that ripped. Ferengi security? Or not Ferengi. Bajoran. Oh Bajoran, jeez. Yes, but Tawny Newsom looks like Beckett Mariner. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. The, yeah, the guy. Why the can young I never Quaid remember? Lad. Yeah, Quaid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't think of his first name. Yeah, but he plays like he looks like Boimler. Um, they shit. could make it work. They, I mean, oh, obviously yeah. they have. They are. Yeah. They've already yeah. done that work. They've already done it. Right. Damn it. I can't remember the actor that plays uh, Rutherford. All I can think in my head is Pillboy. Pillboy. Uh, uh, Eugene Cordero. Eugene Cordero. Yep. Yeah. Um, I hope sometime in the future you both eventually catch up with uh, Orville New Horizons because, damn, that show is not fucking around this season. Right, uh, right. The next episode that we're that Matthew and I are watching is Tale of Two Topas. That's next week. Yep. It's uh, yeah, yeah. We've uh, we're prepared, and there's a rumor they are getting another season. Like apparently, Hulu has been very impressed with the turnout. It's not Hulu, or now it's Disney. it's Disney, right? What? Did- well, they bought Fox, so yeah. Disney has just kind of gone. Oh, hey, Mister McFarland, how would you feel about Disney money? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he went. I I thought I was done. Yeah. How do you feel about Disney money? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I can imagine someone Disney being like, you know, we're never actually going to buy Star Trek, but what if we had our own what Star if? Trek? Uh huh. <laughs> Turns out we already do, kind of. So anyway, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Like it still has funny moments, but that. Anyone that tries to tell you that it's this, it's the goofy sci-fi show, like it's not. Like, oh at no, all. it, it's, yeah, it, it's gone very, very hard this yeah. season. Yeah, and what's I good is that. Go ahead, sorry. The light-hearted episode so far has been the, um, the weird desert planet we're stuck in an all uh, in a simulation to understand oh. death episode. Right. It's like, oh, what if the Q were not complete shit heels? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, the, worm, the current season of For All Mankind has been excellent. I got to watch that one. I got to reactivate my Apple, Apple Plus or whatever. So, well, yeah. We can wrap up the show. That's all I got. Maybe we try to get Nat for next week. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That'll be a good way to put all our, you know, test all the new setup. <laughs> that would be. Yeah. 
Well, it's good to be back. We hope you guys all enjoyed the film commentaries. Uh, we had fun recording them. I listened back to the Willow one, and it's the most tangent-filled, and it's very hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, the best part is uh, hearing Bean at the end yell, watch out for... Um... Oh, goddamn! I forgot his name. He was a brownie. Kevin Pollock? Yeah. Watch out for Kevin Pollock. So instead of so instead of yelling at watch out for snakes, Bean goes, watch out for Kevin Pollock. He's tiny. And I think he's tiny. <laughs> but is that is that still better than the watch out for rattlesnakes or watch out for snakes? They don't have rattles anymore. No, mm. I don't know. Oh, but they don't. It's terrifying. Well, with that, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Arita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. We will talk to everybody next week. Watch out for Rattle Pollocks. Bye, everyone. I got nothing for that. <laughs>